Please be advised that the following contains strong language and themes that may not be suitable for all ages. Hello everyone and thank you for taking the time to read this blog post and listening to the podcast. My name is Michael Driver and I am a member of the collective here at the Free Writers Dungeon. I'd like to welcome you to chapter 3 of my debut novel, King of the Block. Just a reminder, if you would like to purchase King of the Block, a link to do so is included in my profile, along with a link to read the first 7 chapters of the upcoming sequel King of the Block 2, Rafe's Return. With that said, sit back, relax and enjoy. Michael Driver and the Free Writer's Dungeon present King of the Block, Chapter 3. By the third time I heard my phone ring, and it was what's love again, I half-heartedly attempted to wake myself up. I looked around, the zebra print cover and gold sheets underneath me were unfamiliar. I looked to my left. Her I remembered, the light skin from the club last night. I didn't, however, remember the fair-skinned redhead to my right. The night before was nothing but fragments in my mind. I was naked in a bed I didn't remember ever falling asleep in, with two naked women, one I didn't remember meeting. And my head was on ten, a pain worse than any migraine I had ever had. What the fuck was I doing last night? And who the fuck is she? My phone rang again, DMX rapping about Jay-Z being his nigga interrupting my thoughts. Even though I heard it ringing, I didn't know where the ringing was coming from. I let my eyes roam over the whole room, taking my surroundings in. Given the artwork on the wall and the African-inspired statues everywhere, I was banking this was the curly-headed chick's place. My phone went off again. Still Jay-Z. Damn Charlie, what the hell could be so important? I shuffled out of the bed, careful to not wake either of the women next to me. At the edge of the bed, I found my pants and on top of them my phone. Still massaging my head, I slid down until I was leaning with my back against the bed. The brightness from my phone screen made me flinch away. I fumbled trying to drag the light cursor down. When I felt the brightness was reasonable again, I looked down, not believing what I saw. 75 text messages and 120 missed calls stared back at me from the screen. As I stared through the hangover fog, my phone rang again. I felt how dry my lips were and tried to lick them, but my tongue felt like a brick in my mouth. I picked up the phone anyway. Charlie. My voice was a rasp, and caught in my throat. Charlie, what's up? Get the fuck out that bitch's apartment, Rafe. Now. Charlie's tone was brusque. I could hear the engine of the Escalade in the background. Charlie, what? I stood to my feet and swayed in place. The room spun around me and I walked forward until I could put my hand on the wall to steady myself. Rafe, man they fucking killed your pops. You need to get out of that broad's house now. They put a mill on your head. Rafe, listen. Everything alright, daddy? My two companions had woken up and the redhead was standing behind me massaging my shoulders. The curly-haired one was sitting on the edge of the bed stretching. Rafe. Charlie was still yelling my name. You good, baby? The redhead was kissing my neck now, her hands working their way down my stomach. I pulled her hands off and waved her away from me. The pain in my head was swelling, and my skull threatening to burst. Redhead and curly hair had found entertainment in each other, as they stood fondling and kissing each other, beckoning me to join them. I sank back down to the floor, my phone pressed too tight against my ear, one hand clamped to my forehead. My breath was strained, and my chest was tight. Rafe, you need to fucking move now, Charlie yelled again. Rafe. Curly hair stopped groping long enough to notice me holding my head against the wall. Poppy, you. Time stopped, and I watched everything as if it was a movie. The bullets ripped through the far wall. Both women screamed, only to have their screams cut short. 
Curly Hair's bullet pierced straight through her throat and slammed her back into one of her statues. Redhead's bullet was on target, a headshot clean through the middle of her forehead that laid her to rest at her friend's feet. Time restarted. My headache didn't vanish, but I was sober enough to realize that the bullets were still pouring in through the wall, peppering everything in the room. I reached out across the floor, quickly grabbing the rest of my clothes. No time to worry about my watch or any other jewelry. Rafe. Rafe let me know you're alive. Shit, I had forgotten Charlie was on the phone, and that I was still holding the phone. Charlie. Charlie what the fuck is going on? I didn't recognize my own voice. It was panicked, shrill, so different from who I was normally. You gotta get the fuck out of there Rafe. You gotta move. I'm on my way to you but you gotta get out. I looked around. The gunfire had ceased, but I knew it would only be momentarily, as I heard the sounds of magazines being ejected and new ones being snapped into place. Gathering my clothes up in my arms, I bolted through the door to the bedroom, and out into the living room. The rest of the house was untouched by the madness in the bedroom. The sounds of machine gun fire picked up again, and I moved. Realizing I was still naked, I set the phone down and quickly got dressed, not bothering to worry about my tie or make sure I looked presentable. I figured that whoever was outside would eventually turn their focus to the rest of the house. I opened the door to a hallway full of neighbors. Men, women, and a few kids, in bathrobes and pajamas all staring at me with bewildered expressions. I hadn't stopped in front of a mirror so I could only imagine the mess that I looked at. I grabbed the nearest person, an elderly old man, by the shoulders. Where am I? What floor is this? The hysteria in my voice must have scared the shit out of him. The, the the second floor. The Rose Gardens. Building 2, he stammered his way through his answer, then pointed behind him where there was a door at the end of the hallway. Everybody regarded me warily, making me conscious of how tightly I was holding on to the old man. I looked around, as recognition began to register on the faces of the people around me, recognition followed by a glint in their eyes that I recognized. Greed. From downstairs I heard the bang of the building's entrance door being kicked open. Ladies and gentlemen, the voice was male. Resonant and authoritative. Please remain calm. My boys and I are not here to cause you any harm. We only want one man and we think he's in this building. Don't step out of line and we will be out of here momentarily. Once the man finished his speech he began barking orders to his men to fan out and search for me. I shook the old man. Which way is the roof? I don't have time to fuck around. Wordlessly, he again pointed behind him to the door. I grunted and pushed through the throng of people who were trying to make their way downstairs. More gunfire erupted in the hallway, followed by screams, curses, and heavy feet stomping up the steps. I threw open the door, finding myself on the fire escape. Frantically, I patted myself down. Shit. In my panic, I had left my phone. There was no way to tell Charlie where I was. I didn't bother with the steps, instead leaping over the second-story railing, making sure to bend my knees as I landed in the gravel. I heard the humming of an engine, and Charlie's Escalade came lurching around the corner, gravel spitting out from under its tires. Charlie leapt out of the side of the car and wrapped me up in a hug. Thank God. Thank fucking God, you're alive. You're alive. I broke the hug. We gotta go now. Right, the fuck now Charlie. He nodded and we both moved toward the car. The second floor door opened, and a middle-aged woman in a purple bathrobe fell out, clutching a giant hole in her abdomen. I see him. I see him. A tall dude in a khaki suit, a red bandana covering his face, red Chuck Taylors on his feet, and an AK in his hands, was pointing at me excitedly, ignoring the dead woman at his feet. 
A moment later three more men dressed as identically as he was, and holding the same weapons, joined him on the balcony. I dove into the Escalade as Charlie flung open his own door and got in. Drive, Charlie, drive. I screamed, my adrenaline wearing off, and tears starting to come to my eyes. Charlie put the car in gear and I had never been more thankful that every car my father used was bulletproof. We sped off, the car groaning as it started to take bullets. I tried to breathe, almost on the verge of hyperventilating, my face pressed into the seat. Charlie drove recklessly, swerving around people, not caring about the honks or swears aimed at him. As I started to sit up, I became all too aware that I was soaked in sweat damn near everywhere. My reflection in the rearview made me recoil. My eyes were bloodshot, and my curly hair sticking out in odd angles all over my head. Sweat flowed in rivers down my face. All my usual calm and coolness was nowhere to be found. I swallowed hard, still trying to come to terms with everything that had just happened. Then I remembered watching curly hair and redhead getting shot. I hadn't even had the chance to learn their names and get to know them before watching them senselessly die. Before I could stop myself, the bile rose in my throat, and I threw up all over the floor. Whatever I had to eat last night, combined with all the liquor I drank, found its way to the backseat floor. Ayo. Rafe. You straight? Charlie glanced back for a moment, bewilderment written across his face. I steadied myself, taking deep breaths until I was sure I was done hurling. I sat up straight and leaned my head back, making sure to wipe my mouth on my jacket sleeve before I nodded. After a moment, I spoke. Why the bloods want to kill me? Where's Pops? I looked around as if I was expecting someone other than Charlie to answer. Charlie hesitated, licking his lips twice before answering. It's not just the bloods, Rafe. It's everyone. I snorted, in confusion. Whatever, man. Let's get to Pops. He'll sort this out. Charlie refused to meet my eyes, and he started drumming the steering wheel, something he only did when he was nervous. See, what the fuck are you not telling me, man? I couldn't keep the panic from creeping into my voice. Charlie sighed and then ran his hand over his head. He opened his mouth twice, then sighed again before he spoke. Rafe, your pops is gone, man. He was killed last night, in his office. My head swam. Pops had been right. Rafe, they are going to kill me. I had blown him off. I had told him he was paranoid, that he was overreacting. But he had been right. The last time I really cried was at my mother's funeral when I was 10. I hadn't shed a tear since that day, but now I found myself breaking down. Tears blurred my vision and my father's last words to me echoed around my brain. Rafe, they are going to kill me. I should have listened to the old man. The tears were hot on my face and a yell ripped itself from my throat. I hadn't given him a hug or told him I loved him. I had told him to find somebody else to deal with his bullshit. Rafe, man, you gotta breathe. We gotta figure out our next move. Charlie's voice was timid, and he didn't turn around when he spoke. You need to pull yourself together. This isn't what he would want. I gritted my teeth. Charlie was right. Pops would tell me to calculate. To be smart and be two steps ahead of whoever was playing me. I brushed a hand across the back of my face. We need to ditch the truck. Head to the safe house. Charlie nodded then floored the gas. While he drove, I made a promise to my father. Whoever the motherfuckers are that did this, I swear I will bury them all. That brings us to the end of chapter 3 of King of the Block. I hope you enjoyed and if you did, please join us again here at the Free Writers Dungeon not just for more King of the Block but for the other great projects by the rest of the team. There is so much good stuff in store, you guys have no idea. With that said, thank you for reading and tuning in, and until next time, peace.